A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. The show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan and I'm joined by Michael Normanson. Hello. And Daniel Chapman as well. Moscow White. Hello. TSB Plus is on sale for the brand new season. If you want to access every digital copy of the mag that we've done since 2009, all the podcasts ad-free, priority access to the Matchball podcast after the games and the live video stream on YouTube. Which actually worked. Which was good fun, wasn't it? If not a little terrifying. That is all on there. Discounts on our merchandise as well. Full details at the squareball.net forward slash plus. Right into it then, and let's get through the news first in part one. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa, our boss at Old Trafford, oversaw a 5-1 pace thing, but he's staying for a year. Going to be expensive to get rid of, isn't he? After, <laughs> after that. Oh, well. No, it's good that he's staying, obviously. We yeah. knew he would. I mean, it's hardly, it's probably the least surprising news of the summer, isn't it? Given he'd been sat doing pre-season plans the entire time, never left Leeds as far as, we're, or Yorkshire as far as we're aware anyway. He went to Scotland. Did he, the part-time? Yeah, exactly. Lounging about all summer, eating uh, haggis and deep-fried. Well, the opposite, he's come back looking very trim as well, hasn't he? He has, he's been working out. He's looking good. Some inspiration there. Maybe that's why Calvin Phillips didn't play. It's not all the stuff I was saying on the propaganda about um, load monitoring down to the nth degree. It's like you can play when you look like this. So yeah, he's staying for a year. Melier has signed a five-year contract at Leeds United. I'm so proud, he said. I'm proud of him too. No, he's 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 brilliant, isn't he? He's an underrated part of uh, what happened at Old Trafford on Saturday because, as ever, when he concedes four, five, <laughs> if only it was only four, he was really good. That save from Pascal Stroik, that was good. The looping one that nearly went over him and then the one that Pogba, everyone's talking about it, that Pogba missed a sitter in the first half, but actually Melier did a really good job of, closing him down and giving him absolutely nowhere to shoot at apart from wide and also considering the absolute carnage that was going on in front of him another good performance from our keeper which bearing in mind that his his backup is an even younger child is good because we need Melier to stay being good and the backup child saved a penalty against Crystal Palace for the under 23s which we'll we'll come on to against Crystal Palace one thing that Melier did say, the line that jumped out to me was, I can't wait to play in the Premier League with Ellen Road full. He's not experienced that, has he yet? I mean, he's, he used to be behind the dugout, didn't he? And banging on the roof of it and doing all the cheerleading stuff, didn't he? When, in the promotion season, in the early part of it anyway. So it'll be good to see him on the pitch. I, I mean, I hope he, he does actually watch what's going on in front of him instead of getting caught up in it. But it was nice to see him get involved in those days. 
I think he, along with a, a number of the players, will really enjoy the atmosphere on Saturday. I think we all will. I think Rafinha's in for a great time if he plays like he did at Old Trafford. <laughs> He'll it, love the way the fans will react to him. Yeah, his strop doesn't sit that easy with me. I'd wish he wasn't as stroppy, but I know that his stroppiness is what drives him on to set high standards. It was difficult to sort of see the line between what was kind of quite, it was quite a moody performance. Then also other aspects of it were just terrible. But then it all got kind of summed up when Roberts played him through at the end and he shot wide and you could kind of see in his face and the way he was looking at that, he was like, I've just pissed away any chance to have a go at anybody else about this because you can't miss a chance like that and then sort of go around the place being like, oh, Bamford, why didn't you score today? You know, or oh, Jackie, why didn't you put any good crosses in when you've done that? So he kind of, all the anger in the match, everything that maybe built up where he's like, I'm going to be furious and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to take this. This, this wasn't my fault all went in that moment and you could see he kind of knew it as well. He's like, ah, yeah, I, think, I have fucked up. I think there has been a bit of an overreaction to his performance and people going, well, that's him Offlin. <laughs> like the, yeah. mi- the mixture of him looking pissed off and then... I'll drive, also, I'll drive him there myself. And then also liking the Bruno Fernandes thing on um, on Instagram Some led to a few people going, well, he will be sold before the end of the window and that's fine. Good, <laughs> good riddance to him. I think this may be an angle that we didn't talk about on, on propaganda, but it's more post-scum stuff and I suppose there's lots to, to get out but last season when the target was just staying up we treated it at times like a relegation battle and you could see that in the way that the players kind of performed there was a lot of real intense hard work to get points won to keep us in the Premier League having worked so hard to get there a year further on and having finished ninth you could be forgiven if you are Rafinha for thinking Premier League pretty easy actually we're a top half team. We start with that status and we can go to Old Trafford and perform like a top half Premier League player who should be trying to get into the Europa League. And it might be a useful reminder of like, let's just get back into the mindset where we are 20th at the end of this season if we don't perform in every game. And that might do us better than whatever Rafinha was doing at the weekend. It just a slow start like that did make me think the players have, I don't know if they've come into this season with a slightly different mindset, whereas last season's approach will probably be more useful in the long run. I think there's a, a little bit of self-loathing in there as well, almost with, with Rafinha, because we're like, well, of course he's going to leave the bloody mercenary. And he's <laughs> he's got called to the Brazil squad, far too big for his boots now, isn't he? Look at him. He thinks he's, who's a Brazilian? Rivaldo. That's who he thinks he is. <laughs> he thinks he's Neymar. There was quite um, chastening for Brazil, I think, about their social media graphic when they announced the squad because they put uh, Rafinha on a, the same photograph with Neymar. And for us, it's like to have one of our players on a, a social media graphic with Neymar, that's that's incredible. Shows how far we come. But then the other player on it was Rich Allison off of Everton. It's like, well, actually, they're not that good, really, Brazil anymore, are they? <laughs> he, can, he can go to Paris anywhere, can he, then, as we've, we've discussed. Rafinha. Every, uh, as every player inevitably will do at some stage. And um, hopefully we'll get him back in one piece because the call-ups do throw us a bit of a curveball for the Liverpool game in that the game's against Chile away, Argentina away, Peru at home. Uh, That's easier. There's less travelling there. Yeah. Peru is at 1.30am on the 10th of September. That's UK UK time. I was going to say, that's a bit mean, making them play at 
<laughs> half one in the morning. Maybe they sure, want- I mean, any right-thinking footballer would be drunk at that time. <laughs> or maybe they just want them to stay on UK time. That would be the, the best thing for us anyway. But then we play Liverpool at 4.30pm on the 12th of September. That doesn't feel like an awful long time later. Yeah, we'll play Helder Costa against Liverpool, so we'll be fine. God. <laughs> it worked. On Unless the op- he's got a lot of travelling for Angola. I don't know if he's actually going to turn up this time. It worked on the opening day of the uh, of the season last year when we won at Anfield. So. That is actually true. Yes, fair enough. And also, the other side of this is that Liverpool have three Brazilians and we only have one. So if it's a problem for him, it'll hopefully be a problem for them. I mean, hopefully he can really get into them in training and leave them all in a Virgil van Dijk sort of state just to upset the Scousers. I mean, it's, it is nice that he's been called up. It was one of those things that I think we last year we were like, he should be in the Brazil team. Of course he's good enough. And then he got called up and we saw that he had to play these three games in a short space of time and travel halfway around the world. And you're like, oh, what's he been called up for? This is this is a nightmare for us. Well, but, that Brazil, we thought we meant it was the, the Brazil in the Channel Islands. What the hell? And it was always nice, like when we used to have Radebe and Masinga in the mid-90s. That was very glamorous and exciting and exotic until the African Cup of Nations came and around. Yeboah. Yeah, February, and you lost some of your main players for about a month. It was uh, Yeboah versus Radaby in the African Cup of Nations semi-final just before we played the Coca-Cola Cup final. It was a right old It was a stitch-up. It was a stitch-up, It was it? a stitch-up. Yep. It was very unfair. The Australians used to have the problem as well, didn't they? When we used to have Kewl and Viduka going off and they'd end up flying back in and they'd landed in the country like 12 hours before we were kicking off against someone and it was always a, a bit of a stretch. I mean, we, sh- we should really be pleased with this, shouldn't we? Yeah, and then Paul Ocon, of course, for a- <laughs> has carried on the problem. <laughs> Clicky's got a call up for Poland as well, which is good for him. Uh, we have a game midweek, which is a bit of a novelty on the uh, Tuesday, isn't it? We've got Crew in the League Cup at Ellen Road. I was just looking actually back at the last time we played Crew in the League One days. Do you remember that? That was quaint, wasn't it? In the 2008 9 season, we won 5 2 at Ellen Road, and then, uh, sorry, we won 3 2 at, um, at Gresty Road. Liam Dickinson played in that game, so consider ourselves lucky. We are minutes ago moaning about our player getting a Brazil call-up. We had Liam Dickinson last time we played crew. It seems like everyone had forgotten about this game. Like the, even for the tickets and telling us when it was going to be played, it was like, ah, we'll, we'll sort it near the time. Then, But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what team we put out. I imagine it's going to be a fairly thin sort of scattering of first-team squad players and then a load of under-23s, but it'd be, it'd be good to see them anyway, and I'm pretty sure it'll sell out, which will be nice as well. And just looking at some of the notable names for the crew team that played on that day, Tom Pope, was he anything to do with us? Did he come through our junior system or not? No. Right. <laughs> uh, you are you thinking about the actual Pope? Could be. Although he didn't he didn't come through our youth system either, so. Uh, Marlon Brooms. He was a sweeper, wasn't he? Gilfie Sigurdsson. Why is nobody laughing at that? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Marlon Brooms was a sweeper. Come I just, on. Well, I was just alerted to the presence of Gilfie Sigurdsson. That was all. John Ruddy, who had the red cheeks as well. Yes. In, in goal. Anyway, let's move on. Thank you for that tour of cruise uh, oh, team. The it, only reason it, it, to it do felt, that was a sweeper joke and it, you just it, ignored it. It felt like a hideous cul-de-sac rather than a tour of cruise. And you haven't even mentioned Anthony Elding. Yeah, so um, hopefully we'll see Forshaw in the uh, in the League Cup game. You imagine he's going to try and get some more game time there and maybe we'll see little Jimmy Somerville who's on, who's on fine form actually. Both have been playing for the 23s. Did you watch the uh, the Palace game? I watched the first half of it and then I thought, I'll go back and watch the second half a bit later once I've got a few things done. And then because it was an LUTV, uh, the second half was not available. It doesn't have an instant playback feature. Live Now was better. It was worth saying for these games. Plus, it, it had a bit of the old LUTV of old 
kind of like watching it as a Monet painting. Like a, it was, it was very, um, it was a bit of an impression of a football Don't match. What, at watercolors. It was of. a very, um, yeah, it was a very blurry edged photo at times. I but, think they'll be back on YouTube for the rest of the season. Palace charge for their under 23s mm. matches so we have to otherwise Palace don't right, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think as a rule unless it's changed dramatically from last season the same thing happened last season because Palace came up with us you had to pay to watch the Palace match because they charged their fans for the under 23s games and then the rest of them were just on YouTube for free so hopefully Michael will not have to go through this painful <laughs> process anymore but we looked pretty decent in it and it sounded like a home game which was nice as well there was clearly a, a an awful lot of Leeds fans there. When our goal went in, you could you heard a, a big cheer from it, which is um, which was good. Forshaw looked mm, he wouldn't have been the midfielder if I would have put in the first team based on that. But maybe that's a good thing because I thought Bate looked quite good. Mm. So he's getting some good write ups, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was good. Somerville looks really good every time I've seen him play. So stick him in the team. I say there seems to now be a clamour for Somerville over Costa as a result of his under twenty three performances. Which I mean, Costa does look because he played in the under-23s a bit last year, he did look better at that level of football than he did in the first team. So it is worth probably mentioning that. Costa scored an incredible goal for the under-23s last season. I can't remember who it was against, but it's kind of one of those lost moments. And it's it's weird because if you try to to make any kind of positive point about Helder Costa by saying, well, he's good in the under-23s, people go, well, bloody rubbish, doesn't count. Whereas the only reason for getting uh, Somerville in the team is that he's good in the under-23s. So... It can't be both. I would like to see Somerville's performances, not only in this game, but in preseason, rewarded with getting into the team. And the obvious choice would be instead of Costa. I'm not sure Old Trafford on Saturday was necessarily the the moment for it, but it feels like it's hard to know what Bielsa is going to do with his big nine-player bench because he, he doesn't seem particularly enamoured with the idea of just sticking players on. But then you never know because if you remember at Arsenal last season suddenly Niall Huggins is on the pitch from nowhere so you get these debuts when you least expect them and I think um, Somerville should be there Greenwood uh, again at least is on the bench at Old Trafford and there was maybe there's maybe an, uh, an argument for having them on the bench a few times before they actually get on the pitch not as many times as Robbie Gotts obviously <laughs> did his career the world of good it did and then Drama also looks like um, I mean Drama He's got the problem with um, Luke Ayling. He's, um, well, if he carries on playing like he did at Old Trafford, you know, he'll, he'll have to score a lot of those goals to kind of overcome the deficiencies in his, his performance on Saturday. But he's another one who, who has the potential. He was brilliant yesterday as well. He, yeah. he did a, well, he assisted one of the goals in the second half, which I've seen the, I've seen the highlights of, but I've not seen the full game yet. But um, in the first half as well, what led to our penalty was him basically cutting in from the right and beating about four men and, and crossing it. So he looks ready to step up, I would think. It's just that he has probably to get past Luke Ayling and depending on where else he might be needed in the team, Stuart Dallas, because Bielsa, I think, would probably play him as his second choice. Just back to Somerville, he's evidently moving up in the pecking order and it would seem that Perveda is falling down the pecking order. He wasn't in the squad, was he, for Old Trafford, Perveda? Well, for the under-23. And he wasn't so in he could either. be injured, he could be COVID, ill, anything. It's When he's not in either squad... There's already the the social media verdict as well. You know, he's probably in jail, isn't he? Some things up, but I would think the the likeliest explanation is, you know, players have been disappearing with 
COVID at Leeds because they don't like commenting on when a, a player has it or not. They just say, yeah, well, they don't say anything. It just disappear for a while, don't they? Or an injury that he's not involved with either. But Somerville does seem to be, has had a better preseason because when Perveda did play in preseason, he wasn't having the impact that Jimmy was. He's not really kicked on, has he? He had that moment where he was... I mean, it's only the 17th of August. No, I'm saying like, he, but again, he did well against um, Man City when he came on uh, in the home game. And then he did a bit of stuff against Chelsea in that away game. And then we've not really seen anything of him since, have we, to any great extent? Well, he, he had injuries last season as well, didn't he? And the thing about Bielsa and his use of young players is that they don't get the opportunities very often. The, you know, Perveda hasn't had the... Has he started? Did he start a game for us last season? I the can't remember. Game, I think. Yeah, so he's not had that opportunity to come in and stay in. It's all been, been what he can do off the bench as a as a replacement to unbalance the opposition. And yeah, if you were going to criticise Bielsa a bit, he uh, doesn't do the Eddie Gray no. dance, does he? Doesn't no. play the kids. No. Other kids who, who need playing straight away as well. McGurk scored his first goal for us, which was nice. It, my coaching method, if you watch this goal back, comes to him in the box, just twats it into the top corner. Yep. So that, that was good to see. And Clarsen saved a penalty as well. We had a, a top corner twatting. The LUFC women game against Stockport, they opened their uh, their season account with a 1-0 win last minute, wasn't it? It was Kirsty Hunt who thwacked it in from the edge of the box on the 89th minute, which is nice. Always nice when that happens. And a, a game you can watch on YouTube. You can. If you if you want to see a, a crystal clear picture rather than a blurry one, uh, this one is available. And it's also available at Tadcaster if you want to go to that this season. They're on Sundays, 2 o'clock out there generally these games, so won't generally be clashing with the Leeds game. So rather than watching... You know, some overpaid dickheads on Sky. Go and watch this instead. And you can watch the square ball sponsored fullback, Olivia Smart, who was um, Stockport kept sort of bashing her about in this game. I don't know if they don't like our fanzine or something, but um, they seem to take against her. But yeah, it was a good thing that they got that late winner because it was well deserved. It was watching Leeds just hammering them for most of the game, but just not quite getting her a goal so big relief when it came very championshipy it was yeah it was like watching Bielsa's leads in the championship just absolutely doing everything possible to beat a team apart from putting the ball in the net until right at the end it did happen and it was a good match actually from watching it's a low level of women's football this in the pyramid but it seems to have improved in standard from when I was watching it a few years ago when it was Leeds Ladies and Chilino had thrown them out of everything to do with the club. Summarily, the quality of the game was higher than I remember it being. So that's good. It's And it was always, I mean, at that time, um, I was comparing because it was the Darko Milanic era really sticks out in my mind that watching Leeds play under Milanic was just miserable and then watching Leeds on a Sunday at Garforth as it was, was good. So if Bielsa's bunch of wasters keep just losing 5-1 <laughs> every Saturday. There is relief to be found in a good Leeds team playing on Sundays at Tadcaster. Well, as we know from the calm and measured reaction to the defeat at Old Trafford, we need a midfielder and that's how we can stop being losers. Might not be Mateus Cunha, another Brazilian. Do we need another Brazilian? Well, not if he's going to be on the international off. duty. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a big issue. Well, we've been linked with him and Angus Kinnear, when we spoke to him, didn't deny that 
they'd scouted the likes of Cunha and Nandez. And it looks like that Nandez from Cagliari may be off the Spurs and Cunha may be going to Atletico Madrid, which feels like it's a double pain, is this, because he's going to be linking up with you-know-who. The two who flirted with us the most on Instagram. They've been cooking this up all along, haven't they? Between them. Oh, you put this, then I'll put this, then I'll go I'll go first. And you, you do it, you lead them on a little bit longer and then you can follow. But Cunha's essentially down tools, hasn't he, by the sounds of it, at, um, at Hertha Berlin. Like, the coach has been calling him out for an abysmal attitude. Like, he's just not bothering to try because he wants out. Well, we've already got one of them, haven't we? Yeah. A sulking, moody, but talented Brazilian. No, let's not have a go at uh, Rafinha. No, we, <laughs> we, we are joking. We, we, we love you, Rafa, if you're just on the very small off chance that you're listening. <laughs> Luis O'Brien. <laughs> He'll be smashing the mugs that we sent him against the wall, won't he? <laughs> Tearing up those T-shirts. Uh, Luis O'Brien. Could well be the midfielder if indeed we do get a midfielder. It seems like we're holding out uh, with Huddersfield with the deadline creeping closer and closer. They want more money than we're prepared to give them. He probably wants to come here because, well, you would, wouldn't you? It feels like this probably will happen. I've no idea why, based on nothing. Just that I suppose the money involved isn't astronomical, is it? We're talking about probably a million quid or two different evaluations and eventually we might just go, do you know what? Fine. Or Huddersfield might just go, you know what? Fine. Have it. That's it. I mean, and this is their window of, of opportunity to sell him as well because they have got the right for a, a year's extension. And I didn't realise this, and you'll have to forgive me, I can't remember the name of the poster who um, mentioned it. It might have been straight out of Gibson, actually, who uh, mentioned it on Wacko. That I never knew about this. There's sort of a, a Bosman Light ruling that allows players to unilaterally buy themselves out of the contracts after three years at one particular club. So he'd have the right to do that uh, in another year's time and they would lose him for well free or a nominal amount you know based on a, a tribunal so they really if they're going to cash in on him they need to do it this summer because he's three years in I'd like uh, a tribunal it, it seems like a nice throwback yeah when players used to get you do used to have to buy a player not knowing what you were paying for them and then you'd get them and you'd go oh Jesus Christ that was a bit that was a bit more than we're thinking it would be but never mind and if they then kept him for the extra year he would be over 24 so they get nothing for him if you left at the end of that contract so if they're going to cash in on him it needs to be this summer basically so I think you can understand if if Leeds are holding out to stop ponying up another couple of million then fair enough the thing with it is though that we feel like we need him urgently having lost 5-1 at the weekend without him but then Huddersfield also lost 5-1 at the weekend without him so it's maybe a question of whose need is greater who is 5-1 it was Fulham that beat them wasn't it who... did you see uh, the goal from uh, what's his face I mean Mi- as if Mitrovic. I'm watching Huddersfield I've not seen the clip from Mitrovic no. where it was just an almighty mess up at the back where they're trying to play Bielsa ball. The ball's gone back to the keeper right on the dead ball line. He's tried to do some sort of stupid volley, half volley to get it away. It's hit Mitrovic about six, seven, eight yards out. He's fallen on his arse as it's hit him and rebounded into the net. It's just a beautiful scramble. It's it's the sort of thing that if you were watching a VHS in the olden days, you remember uh, on goals and gaffes, yeah. it would have made that and then Danny Baker would have gone on and made a pithy remark. Maybe, never mind getting uh, Lewis O'Brien recovered from the people think he's had COVID for a while, don't they? They need to get Tom Lee's fit and get him in the team to, to cut that sort of thing out. The show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors who will do you 10% off your legal fees and there's a very special offer on at the minute as well. If you're moving house, buying a house, that's an exciting thing, isn't it, Michael? It is. Um, stressful, but but good. You ever bought a house, Moscow? No. Let's not talk to you then. Uh, 15% discount available on all conveyancing instructions received up to September 2021, and that 10% remains off on all other services. Just go through us, hit our landing page, give Levi's a ring, mention the square ball, and they will sort you out. It's levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. 
We're dead pleased to team up with The Athletic again for the 21-22 season to bring you the Square Ball podcast. Every sports story that matters, that's them, not us. We tend to be a bit more uh, a bit more niche than that. But you will find Phil Hay there. And not only Phil Hay, but James Horncastle is there and he's done an interview with the Italian Phillips. You see that? He even had a chat about our boy. I mean, I assume all content is going to be focused around Calvin Phillips from now on, because given the summary he had, it's only fair. I think that is the Athletics blanket editorial policy. Yeah, I don't think they can do an interview without asking the player involved about Calvin Phillips, and I am in favour of that. And Phil Hay, massive Judas, has blamed Bielsa for our defeat at Old Trafford at the weekend. Well, he's a Hearts fan, isn't he? I mean, we kind of have to, but we're allowed to. Yeah, He's not, and we'll be drilling him about this when we team up for the, uh, the Phil Hay show later on in the week as well but in the meantime you can read that on The Athletic there is a brand new offer on for the new season 50% off an annual subscription so 30 quid for the year theathletic.com forward slash the square ball theathletic.com forward slash the square ball for your half price offer well we're back to Ellen Road on Saturday thank the lord full house it's going to be great cannot wait to be in there hear it see it smell it experience it (laughs) smell it specifically well I mean I might have said before on one of the podcasts for me one of the smells that I always associate with Ellen Road is that dreadful pungent smell of frying onions I thought you were going to say the uh, the, the old beer fart, 10 pint fart Some, <laughs> sometimes uh, I've just on a Saturday I've uh, I've done the work on a Friday night I've drunk 10 pints I'll eat a load of processed meat and I'll just <laughs> sit and fart in a room and just think ah, breathe in and cut the grass as well outside so that I let that waft in through the window so you yeah. get, the, get the full experience well, it, it tends not to be too wafty in the east stand probably because it's a big sweeping open bank and it's a bit more civilised in there compared to let's say the cop or south stand or whatever where you tend to get the people who've been uh, doing that sort of shocking behaviour Michael but it's going to be great to be back isn't it I mean quite apart from the result in the first week it's going to be quite moving I think to step back in the stadium it is it's something I've been picturing for a very long time mainly with disappointment at the end of it because it's been like it, it feels like there's been a couple of occasions where it's like oh it looks like fans are going to get back in and then it's it hasn't happened so yeah I, I can't wait for it I think it's going to be it's going to be it's always a little bit strange at the start of the season it's always got that first day at school feeling a bit where you've forgotten how to do things but I feel like it's going to be that even more so and and also the weird experience of I assume there'll be things before the game to mark like all the players we've lost and stuff and fans as well I was going to say like it's going to be one of those things where you look around and is anybody missing there are a few people I mean it's going to be sold out but there are going to maybe be the bloke who's to sit in front of you is not there anymore or whatever and that's going to be a a weird thing I think to to experience so it's going to be I think it's going to be emotional I just hope we can we can put in a good performance so we don't end up within half an hour having to be thoroughly unhappy at the the whole experience it was strange the the pre-match stuff at Old Trafford and this is in no way to sort of demean his memory but when um, they were reading out the names of all the people who've been lost since it was last game at Old Trafford from both teams and then put them on the advertising hoardings and the one that the cameras focused on and that came through most distinctly above the applause was Marius Salukas and it was it was just a strange moment I thought, you know he, I'd forgotten yeah until it was reminded oh, of course Marius Salukas was lost and you think all the the great names that we've we've lost you could never include Salukas as a great name for Leeds United, but it's somebody who, along the way that you are sad about losing in um, in the circumstances, especially at the, the horrible young age he was, and it just kind of brings home just like how much and how many people there are to think about and talk about and 
remember even i mean even the fact his name ends with z it really is from a to z the all the the people that need to be um thought about at that time so it's going to be uh interesting to see how that's done and whether it can be turned into it's funny isn't it <laughs> the, the then we very quickly turn into well how can we use that in a footballing sense to make sure we beat everton uh, did you see that Everton put out that video of fans lost in the stadium and on socials and somebody put in bloody photo of Anne Frank, honestly, and some they put in some comedy names as well, which, you know, like um, they must have sent in, like, you know, you know Mike Hunt was always a, a favourite, you know, for people texting radio stations and things like that, or so a funny, Mike, Mike Hoxhard as well. A funny thing to hijack that, wasn't yeah. it? Well done, everybody. But um, we've got that. We've got, it's funny, isn't it? We've got so many different things we need to commemorate, mark, acknowledge, like we've got all the people lost during COVID. We've got to celebrate the fact that these lot were champions as well, and yet a lot of them are not there anymore. So we're singing champions to people that we've signed more recently, and because that happened at Blackburn as well. You know, like they came towards the away end, and there's that little group of like ailing, and and like Cooper wasn't there, but Dallas was there. So it was kind of we're singing to you, but not quite to you. We, we do like you as well, but not quite as much as them. This is for them. This song. I feel like I feel like there'll probably be a Pablo song at some point as well, just for people to be like, well, we need to sing this together. At least once more. He might, be, to... he might be watching on telly or on a like a catch-up facility in uh, in Castellon. Do you think we can get Barry Douglas back on loan for the weekend? What, to ping in a free kick? Well, yeah, to play left-back even. It took him three minutes, didn't it, yes. to score for like Boston? Well, yeah, I th- I'm not sure if it was his first game, but it was, um, yeah, he's straight back into it. But yeah, it does feel like we've got a lot to to acknowledge and just the emotion of being back is going to be, it's going to be something else. And I can, I can feel myself kind of the emotion rising in me just just thinking about it because it's been so bloody long you forget it's what it's eight, is it 18 months since we were in there it's a proper game as well i feel like everton are a, are a very good solid club to be playing in this game like it have it would have felt like a little bit of a disappointment if we were playing watford yeah which is harsh on watford but i'd have been a bit like yeah yeah it's not really it's not really a premier league game though yeah, is if, it i mean if richarlison plays then we are playing watford so true enough true yeah. enough Richarlison probably will play. They uh, they've got a different setup this season to last season. It felt like they were they were attempting something a bit more flamboyant by having um, James Rodriguez in there and having a, a fancy coach. And now they've got Rafa Benitez, who you know he is a fancy coach in the sense that he's Spanish, but the football seems to be a lot more dour. He's done a fair number of big clubs as well, hasn't he? And he did win the Champions League for their hated rivals. So a Champions League winning coach not to be you can't say he's not fancy that's almost a definition of fancy yeah but the football's not fancy isn't it we were we were promised i think it was the commentary that we were watching over the weekend of a, a, we'll face a low block as the the cool kids like to say these days which is people defending deep and hitting you on the break i think i think it's just that andros townsend is is not a glamorous sort of player is he although his hair has improved significantly since he was at leeds so yeah. if you're looking for glamour maybe see it in that yeah michael keen just doesn't really have that that little mm, that, mm, it's just not quite there is it they're going to cross a lot anyway that's what I learned from I only sort of half watched match of the day on Saturday night and noticed their weird non-coverage of our match where they basically showed the goals and then went scum were good weren't they yeah and then moved on which was almost a relief um, but all I really noticed was Alan Shearer said Everton cross a lot so if they don't cross a lot Alan Shearer's a fool. If they do cross a lot, we need to stop Dominic Calvert-Lewin from heading their crosses into our net. So those are the two routes to victory for Leeds United. If they do cross, stop them from crossing. 
if they don't cross and they're doing something else, stop them from doing whatever that is. Well, let's get a bit more granular on this. Do they cross from out wide? I assume that their crosses come from out wide because that's normally how things happen in football, isn't it? <laughs> Are you looking to me for this? Well, you're the tactical expert. Yeah? Uh, um, yes. I don't think it, does it count as a cross if it's not from out wide? It's just a long ball, isn't it? If it's a, if it's a through the middle cross, well, this is the, that's not crossing. That's a, that's longing. This yeah. is the debate about the LUTV um, under 23s highlights because they've tweeted the first goal against Crystal Palace, saying it was a a cross and a finish. And the cross that they're referring to is, I think, is it Jack Jenkins mm-hmm. inside his own half on the left wing, pinging a ball over to the right wing that Somerville then runs into the box with and and scores. Not a cross. It's a cross it, field ball. Yeah. Yes, but that's a very different thing from a cross. And what what we're expecting with uh, with Everton is definitely not cross field balls. It's going to be Andros Townsend getting to the byline and crossing for Dominic Calvert Lewin over who, and who, over again. Unless Alan Shearer's a liar, who let his country down. It's worth saying, Dominic Calvert Lewin, as did Jordan Pickford, because he only saved two penalties and not all of them. And not all of them. Yeah. So. Disgraceful. I hope we're we, uh, going to be singing it to Calvin Phillips I think, if he plays in this game. I think I did suggest this at some point over the weekend that we should do it just to show we mean business. <laughs> just, to, just so people can't accuse us of anything. Like, oh, who is singing it him? Uh, how do you think this one's going to go then? I fancy us to win this. Uh, what is wrong with you, man? What is wrong we just lost 5 1. Did you not see? Yeah, I did, but that's no reason to chuck all your, I was going to say all your optimism out the window, but you don't have any, do you? I had a, a bit. I think I said we'd lose 3 2 at Old Trafford, which was optimistic as it turns out. So yeah, I mean, we, we can beat them. We can beat them. They, they should be an easier team for us to play against because they are a more reserved and I don't know, a more settled kind of arrangement I expect under Benitez. They won't quite have the free running players from the middle. And they're just not as good. That is the main point. That's yes. the thing. We, you know, Pogba and Fernandez tore us apart on Saturday. Who out of Andros Townsend and Richarlison is going to be the one to do that on this Saturday? The, the quality just isn't there. So we'll be fine. We'll beat them. We'll beat them 5-1. We'll beat them 5-0. And then we'll be positive goal difference again and then nobody's got any room to complain. I think we do this one. It's it's 2-0 or 3-1, I think, this game for us. What about you, Michael? Yeah, probably the same. <laughs> What's Hart and Head saying? Come on. We can win it. Of course we can. We were decent against Everton last year and I don't think they've got any stronger. And I think we have other than playing at Old Trafford, which was a disaster. But I think we should be better. So yeah, why not? Let's win this 2-1. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Heroes and villains, then now part three of the show. And before we get round to picking a villain and a hero of the week, we need to attend to some democracy. If you were listening to the show at the back end of the season, we put forward a motion to potentially change the Hero of the Week award from being named after Andy Hughes to Gitano Baradi. Now, did we just get caught up in the emotion or is it time to evolve this into something else? The responses did seem emotional. I, I don't think we can, um, we can possibly say that Hart is not ruling uh, head in um, a lot of this. Uh, Steve Ovenden said it's one of the toughest decisions um, he's ever made. Um, <laughs> You know, maybe we have to rename our studio after Andy Hughes since we don't have any stands and we can't afford the statue. Other people said Andy should be informed and and we should make it clear to him that he is still a most heroic man, which if you are watching this, Tendog, absolutely still a hero in all our hearts and minds. He does know about it. That's the thing. It was brought to his attention. By uh, by, Leeds. by a grass, yeah. But, <laughs> I was going to say by one of our lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely subscribers, Leeds Viv, but uh, yeah, a grass nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, Vivek made the the good point to uh, Andrew that although you know Barrow did a lot for this club, but Hughesy played under Wise and Bates and with Elding and Sweeney. Let's not forget the uh, the sacrifices he had to make, and uh, yeah, Hughes responded exactly. Leave it as it is. So that's a strong opinion because. There was some sentiment throughout the responses and there were a lot of responses that it needs to be all right with uh, with Andrew. Uh, Jez made a good point. He said that um, if Andy does agree with it, he deserves to be the first recipient of it for allowing the change. So I think one of the themes that's really come out of this is even as we were all consumed with the emotion at seeing Barathe leaving us forever, the respect that people still have for Andrew Hughes of, you know, we really want this to be named after Gatano Barati now, but we really don't want Andrew Hughes to think for a moment that we don't still love him. Really uh, shows through uh, Sazi BM, who is also, I mean, uh, a long servant of the podcast as well. Um, Andy Hughes will always have a special place in our hearts, and his Hero of the Week award became about because of the achievements of that team, hauling us out of League One. But it's a new era, and we need a new hero for the new generation of Leeds fans. And, um, I think that uh, that fits quite well with um, Ryan's. Uh, he suggested it twice that it, we should rename it after Major Buckley, our manager of the uh, the nineteen fifties. So if that's not an option, uh, John Charles isn't also an option. Pablo Hernandez was suggested. Pasabams got in there, um, but but it's about it's about the underdog, isn't it? It's about the the player of, if we're being completely fair, limited ability but big heart. Mm. And just to round up the other options, there was uh, quite a few people wanted to go for uh, the Hughes Barardi Hero of the Week, the Hughes Barardi Medal, Andy Barardi, the Gatano Hughes, the Barardi Hughes, 
the Andano Hugardi, uh, <laughs> the Gady Baroos, Elliot um, came yeah. up with. Um, not Andy Hughes's mum suggested the Gitano Barardi Andy Hughes Hero of the Week. There was a suggestion that we, we named the Booze Baton after Andy Hughes as well. The Andy, which, the Andy Hughes Baton. The Andy Hughes which, Baton. Which, which we haven't forgotten about. It's a long-standing historical feature, just to explain for any new listener, about going and getting pissed to celebrate uh, our promotion, which is now a long time ago, but because of COVID, we couldn't go. And it moved several locations. It ended in Munich, but it feels like it might be getting relocated to Castellon. Long story. And on the plus side, it's that long ago, there will have been some people listening to this podcast thinking, oh, I'd like to go to that, but I'm 17. So it might not be ideal for me and, to and now I'm get thir- And now I'm 32. Exactly. Now I'm old enough. It's just my wife and kids that <laughs> will be a barrier to me going on this trip. And with the uh, at the risk of turning this momentarily into a West Ham podcast, it rhymes. The Andy Hughes booze baton. And go, I'm, I'm offering Andy Hughes. Yeah. Offer a news app. So that works. Yeah. So maybe uh, that's one way of... Um, of accommodating him and it's slightly more elegant than um, the suggestion for the Andy Hughes Hero of the Week with nominees each week receiving a Catano Barardi Honourable Certificate. <laughs> There's a lot of very convoluted ways of trying to of to keep Hughes's hero status while also making room for Barardi with, uh, we haven't actually mentioned the statistics in the end though, have we? Because the, uh, the, the actual vote results, all these ways people try to find of Working round it, can we have them both? Can we just name it after Major Buckley? Can we do this? 84.2% said change it to Catano Barardi. Uh, 9.5% said keep it as Andy Hughes, Hero of the Week. That doesn't add up. No. But um, <laughs> I think there was people just went for both or neither. Well, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Let's let's tap into that crypto socials vibe, right? Yes. And if you want that saying this, pay us. We, we, well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's true because it is only our subscribers who can, who can vote in this, but... Uh, <laughs> but when their uh, their investments will not go down, though, will they? So no, it will only go up. It's not going because, up either. Well, I'm just going to say because they had a vote about gold music in Italy, and then ran the same poll about a month later. Like, do you want to keep it? Mm. So we should do the same here. Are you like, suggesting now the emotion of of it all is out of the way? There'll be a different result. It's a time for cool heads now to. to Does this view mean it? I've got to set up another Google form? Oh, we could just do what Ridsdale did with the stadium move and I'll just just, do- rig it. just doctor it. Yeah, yeah. fine. Well, let, let's let's put that one on a back burner just for now. We'll keep it as it is. We don't want to change it just yet and get into it. So there's um, been an 84% vote in favour of changing it, and we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, it feels like we should probably just do. I think it. Should we just do it? I it's think, quite a mandate, I would say. It's not. There's not an awful lot of room for error in the that. I suggest we're, we're probably going to upset more more people by not respecting 84% of our electorate than okay. we are. All right. If let's, we uh, you lost, get do. used to it. Dan. Let, let's take a final vote on it then. Now between the three of us, three of us will provide a majority, won't it, one way or another? So who votes that we we change it now? I'm I'm just here to represent the views of, of my constituents, and I think we should change it. <laughs> so um, hands up, then please, and say it on the mic because we've got video and audio. So uh, hands up, who wants to change it? Moscow, Michael, and so do I. Okay, it, it's, un- it's unanimous. <laughs> so us three and all the people who voted wanted to change it. And for some reason, you still wanted to vote again. I was playing devil's advocate. It's my job as the host of the show to do that. But if you do want to replicate the Socios Roma Gold music thing, where they it was because um, uh, Italy yeah. won the Eurovision Song Contest, so then they had another vote a week later. Said, "Do you want to change it to that?" If people feel like it's not working for them, then get in touch and let us know that, that they feel strongly that we yeah. should change it so, back. So we can we ig- will, we, so we can ignore you. We will <laughs> we will review the decision, the implications as we go along and see. Uh, whether it feels right or wrong, and also whether we can be um, asked. Remember, are we, are we overlooking here the fact that there's a majority? That's what Ken Bates always used to say, wasn't it? That yeah. whatever, if anything happened that he didn't want, he just used to say, "Well, 
that's because all the people who want the other thing he'd have got a letter didn't mention he'd have got a letter from a nine-year-old that he invented wouldn't he <laughs> His handwriting, and he always used to say that their handwriting was terrible. <laughs> it was Susanna doing it with her left hand, wasn't it? That's who it was. Doing what with her left it's good, hand? It's good to have the variety, isn't it? <laughs> Let's move on. The Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award is what we kick off this section with. Then, good and proper um, nominations via our TSB Plus subscribers. Yeah, Le- Leeds just as a whole entity, not the city, I don't think, but the, the football club, Leeds United, <laughs> got nominations galore for the shite that was served up at the uh, the weekend. Jim has nominated Solskjaer as the most ignorant rat ever. And I would definitely go along with him about him celebrating like a prick. He was particularly annoying. And it seemed like a new thing that he's trying for this season, that he's going to, he knows the camera's on him and he's going to give like a high five to Michael Carrick and stuff, which Michael Carrick's presence leads me on to my other problem with Solskjaer, which was his post-match comments. And the, the big thing at Old Trafford is always, oh, we're, you know, we're coming out from under the, the shadow of Alex Ferguson. They were leaving all that behind. Eh? He, he lives inside the man's rectum. And he was talking about um, the way that Pogba and Fernandez and Greenwood had played and Solskjaer's views. I remember Wayne, Wayne, of course, he didn't need to use his surname. Was it Lil, Lil Wayne he was talking about? <laughs> I remember Wayne, Carlos Tevez and Ronaldo playing together. Wayne, First game of the season. Talking about Wayne Lineker? And he can't even just <laughs> let go of of these players, and there was a big um, report in the Athletic that was then it went on to who else was it? Oh, McTominay arriving like Scolzi, and uh, the moment when Rafael Varane embraced Rio Ferdinand at the, t- the side of the pitch. And why not just get them back to play if you love them so much? <laughs> Forget about spending millions of pounds on these new players, Van der Beek, and you never even play him anyway. Go and bring back Cleberson. Yeah. We need to talk about Jim's other nomination as well because he. He had a couple of goes at submit in this form. He said the second submission was uh, as this first was too emotional. So he's gone away and thought about this and whose fault it actually wasn't. Who were the real villains? And he's come back with Moscow and Dan. Caught myself thinking, what if we beat Scum and went on to win the league? Your faults. We can still win the league even though we haven't beaten them and they've thumped us. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, it happened last year. I mean, we didn't win the league last year, but we <laughs> came end- close. We nearly did. We ended up one win fewer than Chelsea, who won the Champions League. So that's so how, that's, that's so we how were once we were we were one game off winning the Champions League last year. Admittedly, they were hamstrung for the first few months of the season because they had that idiot Lampard in charge. Um, whereas we've not had the we didn't have to go through the the struggles that they have. But yeah, we can still do a lot. And also, I know a joke about us beating Liverpool on the opening day of last season. We did we did lose at the start of last season. So did, did we? No, <laughs> forget that happened. I went into a different dimension. We lost. Uh, um, yeah, in terms of scumbags, the Rio Ferdinand was picked out by Kit. It, it was a, sort of a generic, he's just a prick nomination. This. Yeah, Pogba picked out for being for being good, competent at football mm. as cheating, which yeah. is yet another another fair point, I think. Not a fan. Joe Cole and the BT team, just uh, as Tom put it, I couldn't put it any better myself, just pulling nonsense out of his arse yeah, about, yeah, about us um, dying after 70 minutes. Now, quite apart from the fact we got absolutely you know twatted at Old Trafford, it's just not true, is it? We get better as the game wears on. Would you rather watch Joe Cole pull things out of his ass or listen to him speak? It's the same thing, isn't it? As we've just... It's niche, covered. but it, it might be better. Uh, Jim O did point out that BT Sport essentially turned into MUTV for the day. And there was uh, a bit of an afterthought element to Leeds, which, to be fair, though, 
in the post-match, I was quite pleased about because <laughs> I didn't want to concentrate on our shortcomings. Yeah, I mean, Tom Cole picked that match of the day for not providing any analysis on Leeds, although yeah. he did concede that that might have actually been a good thing. So we'll, we'll let them off, I think. Down on the mean, mean streets of Salford as well, the street vendors there selling the half-and-half half scarves were picked out by Mike. Yeah, a crime against humanity, quite well, frankly. Well, when, when the supply dries up or uh, dries out after the um, the fire extinguishers have, uh, <laughs> have dampened it down, that won't be a problem anymore. Yeah, it does make you slightly terrified for football tourism coming to your football club, doesn't it? And a, a 60,000 seater stadium, they'll be all nice and sanitised and you have, you know, running taps and people might not be pissing in the sinks. You know, you might even be able to get beer at halftime, all that kind of crazy shit that we can look forward to. Well, none of it's to look forward to according to Roger because he's nominated Victor Alta for this. And I mean, he was quite strong in his criticism in the in the the propaganda sector yeah, as well. I mean, Roger went, well, if you haven't seen that yet or heard it, Roger went wild. He but went, here, here he's accused Alter of dud buys, poisoned the great promotion winning team. Cock Rodrigo, Signal Llorente, Showboat Rafinha, pre-season form is set to continue, will struggle for points to Christmas, Dan James panicked behind the window, Bielsa quit and gone home by Easter. Does... I mean, people call me pessimistic. <laughs> that is that is properly, like even I don't think it'll be that bad. Uh, Luke Ayling has been nominated here. That's not good, is it? Just for not getting his guitar out and his hair out. It feels like a minimal quibble, does that one, versus some of the other crimes we saw on uh, on Saturday. I think it was all too unexpected for him. He, he seemed to be trying to do a combination of all his celebrations. As he ran away, there's a bit of the chicken arm, so he was doing a hull, and then there's a little bit of guitar as he's running towards the away end, and then he just simulates sex with Stuart Dallas. Seems yeah. to be the easiest way. But I don't know if you watched the footage from the media day. They made him do his... Um, celebrations to for the cameras in front of a green screen and he had a real struggle to get his bobble out it was very difficult for him to to do that he couldn't do it uh, cleanly and then there was all um there was a bit of uh joking back and forth where they wanted him to do a, a third celebration and he was like i'm not scoring three goals don't be ridiculous but already got one so he needs to start uh maybe because he's got the uh the guitar and hair still fully in reserve that can come for his next goal and then he can think of something for his third one. Angus Kinnear was correct when he told us that the Socios thing, we wouldn't be speaking about it another week or two's time, and it's absolutely right, because Keith has nominated Socios, but it does feel a little bit misplaced now, because we should be turning all our attention on the people who've run Leeds United and crying at them to sign some players in the transfer window and be furious when they don't. As long as it's not Victor Alter buying more, more well, duds, I course. suppose. When he did sign, actually, and I was quite pleased with this nomination, Ben White nominated by Simon, which was for letting Calvin eat what he wanted on, the, on his holiday, which I think is his fault. Well, we were talking about the fact they went to see that guy, uh, the, the steak thing, what's he called? The Salt Bay. Salt Bay, that's the one, yeah, who does the thing with his elbow. And he's obviously been on the, probably the chips rather than the steak, it, a bit too much. Maybe Ben White's just too kind. If Calvin was coming out going, oh, he's, is this too tight? Do I look a bit? And he's going, no, look. Honestly, you look great. Yeah. You look great. Can we go out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair let's point. just let's just get out. You look good. It's fine, Calvin. Don't worry about it. And then and then he's taking that as an invite to to guzzle more. I mean, there are we don't actually know confirmed yet if, if he is overweight, do we? But that has well, been, everyone everyone's overweight. For that has been the rumor. Well, that is true. You've seen Liam Cooper, who is about the only one not overweight, and he looks um he looks poorly, doesn't he? So <laughs> let Calvin be healthy. But then, as we mentioned on propaganda, if he's only played half as many games in preseason as do the ones. He's not had the time to burn off whatever he came back with. And it's, you know, he'll get there and we'll win the league. Cock gets picked out for his role in the midfield. Not his fault, I don't think this is it. He was trying his best within the, the limits of his abilities. And 
he didn't pick himself there, did he? He just did what he could do. But it wasn't good enough. It was Buzzard Bielsa's fault, I'm afraid no one, to say. No one, no one said this was fair. I mean, this is the, the sort of the flip side to how good Pogba and Fernandez were. You take them out and you've got, who is it, that Vanden Beek character that they bought and hate. And we touched on this last season that the bigger your teams get, it's where I got started making a fool with myself of uh, who plays backup striker for Paris Saint-Germain and, and Bayern Munich. But the reserve replacing Neymar, okay, now it's Messi. <laughs> So that's an improvement. But yes, back at Barcelona, they had Messi, Messi, but then the next player is Martin Braithwaite off of Middlesbrough. So these gaps, they get bigger, the better the players you are. And now that we have a bona fide £100 million player in the form of Calvin Phillips, anybody who goes in to try and do that job in his place is not going to be the standard. And Robin Koch, for all these failings on Saturday, is a German international who has played in midfield for Germany. And maybe the flip side of this is instead of bemoaning his villainy, we celebrate the quality of Calvin Phillips, that he's that good, that even a German international replacing him in the team can't get close to the kind of performances that we see from Calvin Phillips and appreciate from Calvin Phillips. Unfortunately, I've just been thinking about Dawson's Creek for the last couple of minutes when you were talking there because Donny van der Beek reminds me of James van der Beek who played Dawson in Dawson's Creek and now I've got the theme tune to Dawson's Creek going round in my head. What is it? I don't want to wait oh, yeah. for a left. I don't want to get a copyright strike on that. It's going to be so accurate. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure that won't be picked up by any algorithm. <laughs> it's going to be, the algorithm will identify that as so close to the original recording <laughs> that we'll get a copyright strike on that. Oh dear. Uh, is that everybody? I think it is. Let's pick a villain of the week. Well, Bielsa. Did oh. we mention him specifically and the, the yeah, devil yeah. on his shoulder? I did mention it then before before I started thinking about Dawson's Creek and then went back into a world of my own teenage angst. So Bielsa's in there. Ryan from Australia has come all the way around the world to uh, to nominate him as a villain. Um, Andy in there as well. Um, I think also Andy's other nomination, the Premier League fixed your computer for making us play them first. And when he says quite rightly, we could have had Newcastle at home. Although yeah. we're, we requested for it away, I suppose, so that's on us. But yeah, why did why are we having to play last year Liverpool, this year Scum, next year is it going to be Paris Saint-Germain? Well, probably because as we've discussed over the last 24 hours in all our podcasts, it's everything is just gradually homogenising to be Paris Saint-Germain will be the only team in the world. It'll be PSG versus PSG reserves, which P- is what PSG we were... PSG B. We were going to be when uh, everyone thought Qatar were bu- buying us, weren't they? So that's the uh, the future that may yet still come to pass. But Qatar would have bought us some players, wouldn't they? Yeah. Anyway. Um, pick, potless. <laughs> pick, They're not potless. <laughs> pick yourself a villain of the week. It's weird. I feel like Joe Cole, just because it's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, he's had all summer to sort that out as well. It's not like it was just from, you know, he was analysing the game last week and he'd maybe not seen it. He's had months to prepare for the first match of the season and just comes out with that I'm happy with that rubbish it was put to me over the weekend that he looked completely wrong for a, to be a pundit as well the words were let me have a look Joe Cole is the least ex-footballer looking ex-footballer ever looks like he works in sales so if you do work in sales that's, that's harsh on people who work in sales yeah people I, who I work in sales but then I, I kind of if you do think about the stereotype Frank Lampard also comes into that. I remember distinctly the the Derby playoff final, and he looked like a photocopier salesman on the piss when he was running around the pitch afterwards. So I wonder what it is about the the golden generation that they've all you know with the the millions that they earned and the lifestyles that they led. 
that they've got to this point and they they just have no imagination brains in Joe Cole's case and I I don't think there's any reason to imagine Lampard is any brighter. So Frank Lampard is the villain of the week. Is that what coming to? Yes, for wearing boring shirts. So Joe Cole then. Yeah, yeah fine, fine, fine. West Ham by extension. They're, they're all the same person essentially, aren't they? On to the, for now anyway, Andy Hughes Hero of the Week Award. Someone who has done good by... It's, the, Bar- it's the Gatano Barad, the Hero of the Week oh, Award. Oh, yeah. Look, a lot's happened. I've been for think- now. I've been thinking about Dawson's Creek. You'll have to forgive me. It's the it's the now renamed Gitano Barade Hero of the Week Award with a nod still to Andy Hughes because we haven't thought what we're going to do with you yet, Andy. Right, Luke Ayling gets loads of nominations. I mean, Luke Ayling wins it, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. let's, let's just be honest. Yeah, he gets nominated by Sa- everyone. Simon, Ryan, Aidan, Nathan, Tom, Keith, Paul, Katie, Darren, Jim. Yeah, everyone's saying Luke Ayling. So is that it then? <laughs> Good. A little sore of the other ones. I'm glad Tom nominated Dan James for being thoroughly championship. I was... Until it all went wrong, I was really enjoying Dan James's performance because he was rubbish. And I was also enjoying hearing the chance of your two shits play for Leeds. <laughs> Just, I hope it's all enough to take the idea of any of ever signing him off the table. I know Melier did that interview with Phil Hay, didn't he, where um, he was talking about Chelsea trying to sign him at the end of a transfer window way before he came to Leeds and him saying, well, maybe two weeks ago, perhaps, but now why, why would I go to Chelsea? And also it's seen the way that they treated um, uh, Jamal Blackman and all their other goalkeepers who were never going to get in in the team. And I I hope we did enough on Saturday that if Marcelo Bielsa insists, he sends Victor Orta over there. Do not come back without Dan James. Dan James is just like, why would I ever want to play for Leeds United ever again? And I'm happy if he doesn't. Until he obviously... Signs for is in which case I will be getting D James on the back of my shirt. Well, we got nominated for villainy, me and you, Moscow, whereas Michael has been put forward as a hero by Jim, uh, who, remember, got too emotional with his first submission, so went away, cleared his head, came back, had to think about it. He's nominated Michael as a hero because pessimism is the way forward. Cleared his head, in this case, means like downing half a bottle of vodka, <laughs> if that's if that's the answers he came up with. Well... I'm taking it anyway. Yeah. If if Michael is the answer, what was the question? Some of the outliers. Then the ref got picked out by another Jim Jim O. That was the same Jim. I think he had a oh, few. I think he had a few goes. <laughs> he had that half a bottle of whiskey taking care of it was it? Yeah. And he was right. Actually, it was. It was actually kind of annoying to not have to crit- not be able to criticise the ref. I know there was that late penalty he could have maybe given us, but like he was fine, wasn't he? And if, the even game. the offside goal, mm. which would have been given offside last year, even though it's against them, and even though it contributed towards a heavy defeat, on balance. It's the way you want to see it applied, isn't it? It's a really difficult moral conundrum for us, this one. In the long run, it's better that goals like that. Not that specific. Not that one specifically. (laughs) But in principle, I'm in favour of it. Just the the exact circumstances here, I'm against those. Yeah, ideally they'd have been coming out after the game saying, a mistake has been made here. Under the new rules, that goal should have counted. The referee has applied the rules wrongly on this occasion. But this won't be happening again in future. That would Which have been is what happened the right to thing. us with Robin Cox handball in the same game last season. Within weeks, they said, "Oh, we're not going to penalise anybody for for that anymore." And I don't see why we haven't been given Pat Bamford's goal back at Palace yet. They need to retrospectively go back through last season, give all our goals. Tyler Roberts will be top scorer, and everybody will be much happier. But yeah, we have to grudgingly say justice. For whatever it's worth. It is worth pointing out, though, done. with that, that they said they're not going to show us drawing the lines, but they would show us the results of the um, of the VAR. And it was quite interesting that they didn't even show the lines 
because they want to avoid any controversy whatsoever. Like it's going to be because yeah, I think under the new rules, if the lines are touching, then they let it go, don't they? And that's the thing. In fairness, you looked at it, and you can normally see the lines on the pitch, and you can in your head shuffle them forwards, and you can go, yeah, it's more or less in it. Yeah, but it, even even then, I was fine. going, well, where's Luke Ayling's sleeve, and, and <laughs> where's his thigh? And oh. it's nice to not have to think like that, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's the thing. It was just remove just remove it from the conversation. It was just emotionally yeah. draining last year having to watch arguments about like how high a sleeve is. Like, oh, if he had a, if he'd had a, sh- a shorter sleeve on. He wouldn't have been offside there and all this sort of stuff. So, And not showing us, I think, helps because we were talking about this last season, that if you stop talking about refereeing decisions all the time, refereeing decisions feel less important. So I think maybe they should feel, whenever they were going to, or the temptation is there to press the button and show the lines, either a kitten on the screen, something like that, or a fabulous piece of skill or something that's happened in the game. It was like those, um, you could get ad-blocking extensions, which I'm saying because I'm, pointing at a laptop that replace adverts with kittens or artwork or, you know, beautiful things to look at instead. And I feel the same opportunity now exists for us with the offside pixel lines. Maybe just some MS Paint pictures can be put on screen, not of offside lines, just of stuff. Fine. I'm all for it. So just to clarify our point, just so we're absolutely sure on this, we want goals like that in the long run to be fine but that one still should have been given offside correct who is your hero of the uh, the week Sekiri Dembele why uh, the Peterborough striker who Rob points out scored a 100th minute winner against Derby County to put them in the relegation places and then I don't know if it's the way it's been copied and pasted but Rob signs off with a kiss and then that little X um, and do you know why they played until 100 minutes? I don't, but I saw it was very funny because they lost in the 90 plus one and then 90 plus 10 minutes. All that injury time was because, and it's not funny for the player involved, but um, Kazim Richards got a serious uh, foot injury and is going to be out for months. They're one It's a good job they've got, they have squad depth though, so that is That's the thing. I have no, I have absolutely no axe to grind with uh, Kazim Richards whatsoever and I, I bet that really hurts. Funny though, Damaging his foot. But for the wider Derby County, Wayne Rooney experiment experiment that is going on, uh, nothing could have uh, could have been better than that. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like we're in a position to laugh at them too much this weekend because it was particularly painful. Laugh at them we can, but I don't think we could, you know, put this one at the top of the mountain and say, look, that's that's our hero right there because we've we've had other stuff to contend with. I mean, it's Luke Ailing this week, surely, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, don't look at his defending. So the inaugural Gitano Berardi. Hero of the Week award goes to Luke Ayling under difficult circumstances, but he brought us uh, a whole raft of entertainment. We're not quite sure what the, the celebration was. There were hints of guitar. The hair at one point, you were, is that going to come down? And then it got into, I said on the other one, match ball. Wasn't even dry humping, was it? There was just a lot of friction. Maybe Stuart Dallas requested the hair stay up because he doesn't like it when it gets in his face mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know. It could be a bit, it could be a bit. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe avoid that. <laughs> Thanks for that image, Michael. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, do check out TSB Plus if you haven't yet got subscribed to that, if you fancy going all in with us and supporting what we do. The squareball.net forward slash plus. And we'll catch you next time. The Squareball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.